Spoiler alert. This podcast contains plenty of spoilers for some of your favorite superhero movies and maybe some of your not-so-favorites that you haven't seen yet. So please do not listen to this podcast without going and binge-watching your favorite superhero movies first. Do yourself a favor. You have been warned. Internet. My name is Craig, and with me, as always, is Aaron the Brooks. We're glad you're here. Today, we're talking about superheroes. I like superheroes. Yes. Uh, superhero movies are massive, and they're not going anywhere. Not anytime soon. Um, they've been around for a little bit now. Um, I guess I, we should have... Maybe you did. I didn't. I didn't research what the first superhero movie was. Was it Batman? The like the original original Batman movie, Adam West. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. We should have. Yeah. If we were smarter, we would have done some research. But we're not. Um, <laughs> so what we are talking about superhero movies, and basically we're 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 going to talk about um, our ten superhero movies that define the genre. So not necessarily maybe – I'm sure a lot of these will be our favorite superhero movies, but not all of them necessarily have to be. They're just kind of the ones that really define the genre. Um, superhero movies, they they take up a lot of real estate in a movie theater. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially nowadays. The I think I read that half of the top ten – Grossing, highest grossing movies of the past decade have been superhero movies. I 100% believe that. Yeah. Have you seen... We're going off on a rabbit trail early. Have you seen all of the Marvel movies in the MCU? Yes. You have? Yes. Um, I think I saw... Okay, so... This just tells you the detail that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has gone into to creating their world and the details behind it. I had heard, I don't know if this is fact or not, I've just heard this on another podcast, that if you run up the runtime of all the movies through phases one through three, all the way up till the end credit scene of uh, Far From Home, that's a Spider-Man movie for those that don't know it. Of course, you knew that. If you're listening to this podcast, let's be honest, if you're listening to this episode, you knew that just based on the title. Um, that if you add up the runtime, it's three thousand. Oh, and spoiler alert! Yeah, in, in Avengers Endgame, Tony Stark's little girl says, "I love you 3,000. That's right. That's that's incredible. It's a, yes. I don't know if that's on purpose or not, but it's a nice nugget. It's a nice nugget. And also, I heard this is this is based on one of my good friends, Tyler Tarver. Um, him and. Uh, his friend Neil's podcast, uh, Tyler and Neil Explain. Um, they talk about the Marvel, Marvel, the Marvel, <laughs> the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and say apparently the writing was so in depth they knew what was going to happen all along throughout the process. That um, again, spoiler alert for Endgame: when Tony snaps, he uses I guess his left left hand, right hand, whichever hand he uses. If you go back and watch the movies, he references because apparently you know that kind of snap reverberates through time, and apparently in all the other movies, he references his arm hurting for some reason. 
Oh. Wow. I'm telling you, man. There's a reason they make so much money because they put so much work into it for all us nerds who pay attention to this stuff. It's crazy. But superhero movies. And you were right. The first real film that was based on a superhero character from the Marvel DC universes was uh, 1966, Adam West as Batman. Uh. But there was a movie more than 100 years ago that if you really want to get technical and say that the first superhero uh, movie was, it came out in 1916. A forgotten hero by the name of Judex. Judex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, this would have been a silent film. Yeah. Uh, part of me wants to go find that and watch it for though, real, just to see what this was about. So, Jude X, that sounds like a that's a great modern day superhero name. Yeah, I'm Jude X. Somebody needs to remake this. That would be, yeah, that would be an amazing. Check remake. out our podcast yeah, on remakes. Look at our other episode about remakes, but uh, that would be a good one. Okay, so today we are talking about uh, the the ten superhero movies that defined their genre, which the genre being superhero movies. Um, Aaron, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You go first. All right, I'm gonna go first because you know what mine's gonna be. The first one I'm I'm bringing out of the gate, um, the Dark Knight. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've said this before. I've said this on this podcast before. My favorite, one of my favorite, probably my favorite movie of all time. Um, anytime somebody asks me, um, what's your favorite movie of all time? Um, it usually comes back to this one. Um. There are just so many layers to this movie. Um, this came out at a time where superhero movies were were coming around, but this just defined it. This changed the game. It was dark. It was gritty. It was deep. It had a lot of layers to it. It was kind of long. Um, but the real piece de resistance, you like my French? It's pretty good. That's nice. Um, was Heath Ledger as the Joker. Yes. He just defined that role. He was the best villain ever. I, I was just looking at a ranking of superhero villains from a, a list at The Ringer. They list the best superhero villains of all time as 2 through 75, uh, 2 through 175, all other villains, number one, Heath Ledger's the Joker. It's I mean, it. It's just how great it is. It's it. You can't beat him. Um, he puts so much work into that character. Um, the attention to detail he did, the the dark humor he added to it, just every piece that he did was just amazing up to the point. And Heath Ledger was not – he was a well-known actor, but he was not like a superstar. I, I wouldn't I would call no. him one. He had some really great movies, but – that Joker role being his last was his defining role for oh, sure. For sure. Uh, and it changed the game. It changed the superhero industry in the, in the, and how you viewed villains and, and what you could do with superhero movies. You could right. go deeper. Oh yeah. Than just, you know, a fancy Cape and just beating up a bad guy. You could go on a psychological level and take it to a deeper place and just do more with it. And so. I think that's what Christopher Nolan as a director has always been great at doing with his films. Yeah. It's taking things and going extremely deep with his movies. Absolutely. And so the the Dark Knight is as one article 
uh, from Collider put it, is the gold standard. Yeah. For superhero movies. I yeah. I, I'm I'm with you. The Dark Knight. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give you one that I think helped define it. It was a it led before uh, Batman Begins or The Dark Knight before that franchise really kicked off. But I think it helped define the genre of superhero movies today and that is X-Men from 2000. Mm, yeah. That cast. Well, I mean, we're we're 20 we're 20 years right. later. And that cast is still if you've watched Logan, the latest the latest movie, uh what an incredible franchise it was. Right. And it really kind of helped, I think, to define that the new superhero exactly movie yeah and that was really the first one that had a group yes that actually worked <laughs> um, there were some great people in that cast too what were some of the names of, of people because I mean there were some stars in there oh uh, yeah uh, well we've got as Logan I just went blank Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, yeah. Names escape me for some reason. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Uh, Professor X. What a... Those two characters together, still living on. Yeah. 20 years. A great franchise that I think may kind of get forgotten at times because of the Dark Knight trilogy, and then what Marvel has done over the past 15 years. Right. X-Men, I think, kind of takes a back seat, but they deserve a tip of the cap going back to 2000 when X-Men was first released. Yeah, 100%. Um, keeping in the X-Men vein, my next one is Logan. Okay. So... They piggyback each other really well because X-Men define the genre as being this, you know, group ensemble um, and just what you could do with it. And then Logan, I mean, what year did Logan come out? 2017? So it wasn't, it wasn't that, yeah, 2017. Um, and if you haven't seen Logan yet, which again, you're listening to this episode, you're watching, you, you've watched it. Logan took place a long time after the events of yes. that movie and basically mutants are nearly extinct and logan is now because the whole the whole thing about wolverine by the way logan is wolverine the whole thing about this is that he he can heal himself um and he's that makes him essentially immortal right um but he does age slowly, slowly. a lot slower than anybody else and so this finds him at an old age this was the first that I can remember. This was the first superhero movie that, you know, we talked about the Dark Knight taking it to a dark place. This took it to a very emotionally dark place. Super, super dark. Where he was really battling some demons. In yes. This. It, was, it was one of the first superhero movies, mainstream superhero movies, to be have an R rating on it also. Mm -hmm. And... I don't. I don't know if you have this on your list or not, but I put like Deadpool as an honorable mention for that reason too. Right. Just kind of taking it to the next, because up until this point, superhero movies had been all, 
you know, even The Dark Knight was a PG-13 movie. And so Logan, you could get away with more violence. Um, and it's not even that Logan had a lot of language in it. It did have some language, but just a lot of, because think about it. I mean, think about what Logan, who he is, as a, what Wolverine has as a superpower is right. literally slicing people to shreds. Yes. And you you can't get away with that in a PG. It was it was movie. the most violent superhero movie. Yeah. Um, you you could argue Deadpool, but uh, the ending to Logan, one of the most emotional endings for me, I think. Yes. Out of all the superhero movies, rivals. I don't know, maybe one other superhero movie for me. Yeah. I would say. Is it on your list? No, it's, it's not. not. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, the cast, though, also amazing. Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart. Um, those two just, I mean, you said it earlier, but they define that, that whole franchise. Right. I mean, it, it is those two, you know, and they did such a great job in that movie. I want to give you a movie that would be the complete opposite end of the spectrum from Logan. I'm going to go with The Incredibles. Oh, my gosh. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. We, can we call that a superhero movie? We absolutely can. Okay. It is a superhero movie. I think it's one of the most iconic films uh, of the past 20 years. We just had Incredibles 2 come out. Mm-hmm. I think it may be one of the first introductions for children to the superhero genre. Yeah. Such an iconic film, I think. Uh, Mr. Incredible. And, uh, I mean, kids today still love the movie oh, that, yeah. that came out. You know, I think it was 2003, 2004 when it first came out. Mm-hmm. But I would say that, uh, I don't know, is there any other animated superhero movie that stands to the level of The Incredibles. I don't know that, that there is. Uh, before that, I can't think of any superhero animated films at least that rose to the level of The right. Incredibles. Yeah. Well, and it, it was it brought in a family dynamic also that I think right. had been lacking from even adult or live-action superhero movies. You had this whole family of superheroes. It essentially took the Fantastic Four thought and put it into <laughs> a <laughs> That's cartoon. True. That's true. And there was some real emotion in that, too. You know, there were some real-world problems. It yes. was not just cartoony. You know, the talking about the, the struggles between the husband and wife... Right. ...did a lot of stuff, too. And the dynamics with the kids and the very real nature... You know, you go from the campy stuff, obviously, but it, it took it to a different level also. One of my favorite lines from the movie actually comes from the villain, uh, Syndrome. And he said this, and I think, it, I think it's super applicable to today. Or it may have been Mr. Incredible talking to Syndrome. Mm. But he said, when everyone is super, no one is super. Yeah. And for me, that just kind of pushes back against the all the political correctness of our day. Yeah. That everybody does not, you know, if we make everybody special and ever, then nobody is. Right. And they address this 
15, 16 years ago mm-hmm. in The Incredibles. Super good movie. It really was. And the second one was good, too. It was. So, you know, okay, so on a previous podcast, we talked about um, remakes. They've got to do a live-action remake of this at some point, right? I, I would think so. I mean, it, it's it, too good not to. It'll be a while, I think, because Probably. they just came out with a new one. Right. But, uh, yeah, this is one they've got to remake at some point, do live-action. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You want to take a break? Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll be back in just a talking about superhero movies and the superhero movies that defined their genre um let's recap we've talked about the dark knight we've talked about um x-men logan and the incredibles Incredibles. um okay so i'm going to take this also it's so weird how he came up with these lists because I'm also going animated for this one. Oh, wow. And I'm going to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, okay. So this is... Uh, have you seen this movie yet? I've only seen uh, about 30 minutes of it. So I watched this actually on a plane uh, a couple of months ago. And uh, it is a... I, it, I had heard a lot of people talking about this movie and how good it was. I heard it was so unique and different and just the animation style. It, it didn't feel like an animated movie. Um, and they're right. I wouldn't say it doesn't feel like an animated movie because it does, but um, it does so many things that you just don't expect to see in an animated movie. It hits really deep. There's a lot of – I'm realizing a lot of mine are just – I pick them because they're deep. <laughs> But this deals with like some really real-world issues. A lot of family dynamics are involved in it. Um, it is just a – it's a super good movie. Um, the animation style is – it's hard to explain because it's not your typical 2D movie that you remember you know, in the 90s. But it's also not you know, like Toy Story or CGI. Right. Uh, real, you know, it's not meant to be super realistic. It's very – it's almost like a three-dimensionally animated comic book. Um, it does a really good job of creating a just different dynamic. Um, if you haven't seen the movie yet, again, you're listening to this podcast. Chances are you've watched it. But if you haven't, I'm not going to give you any spoilers. But the whole story, the plot of the movie is based around uh, this kid named Miles Morales. And um, in his world, Peter Parker is the only Spider-Man. And, but Peter Parker has died. And so people are mourning him and all this kind of stuff. And um, he takes on the role of Spider-Man. He gets bit and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it deals with multiverse stuff. So this goes... This starts to opening up other dimensions. This is the first Mar- Marvel movie um, that's really fully explored this topic. Because 
he is not the only Spider-Man. There's other Peter Parkers out there. There's a female Spider-Man. There's a Spider-Man from the old days. There's a pig Spider-Man. Okay. It's a very like Looney Tunes-ish kind of. Right. By the way, um, oh, what's his name? Um, hold on. Hold on. Uh, John Mulaney. Oh. John Mulaney plays Spider-Ham. And he is, <laughs> you know, he does not have a lot of lines in this movie, but he is hysterical in it. Um, the cast is really good. Zoe Kravitz is in it. Um, Lily Tomlin, uh, Nick Cage, Nick Cage, he is in it, yeah, and he does a good job for the role he has. Uh, my favorite is Jake Johnson. I love Jake Johnson from New Girl. Um, he plays Peter B. Parker, one of the Spider Men, kind of the mentor character to the young Miles Morales Spider Man. Uh, it's just a very well done movie. Um, like I said, it hits on a lot of different levels. It goes in some different directions. The animation style is really good. It'll hit you in your feels if you're not if you're not careful. Um, it's just a it's a very 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 well done. Movie. It's given an eight and a half out of ten on IMDb. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a that's very a, high critical acclaim too. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that's number three for me. All right, I'm going with the movie that I think has defined. The MCU. Oh, boy. The one that started it all. Oh, boy. Tony Stark as Iron Man. Iron Man. This is the first one we've crossed over on. I had him on my list, too. Yeah. Just imagine for a moment. Close your eyes and imagine this. Iron Man flops at the box office. (laughs) What happens to that whole... Right? There's no telling. And you mentioned this, it may have been in a previous podcast, but it was a little bit of a risk going with yeah. Robert Downey Jr. for this. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was kind of coming out of a rough time. Yeah. <laughs> he was. This character changed. Oh my, I mean, it's just, it's unreal how much Tony Stark and Iron Man would become part of our lives. Oh, yeah. Over the next 11, 12 years. It's crazy. And then, you know, uh, I don't know if we, if we can do spoilers or not, but... Yeah, all you have to do is say spoiler alert. He's now no longer a part of our lives. Yeah. And that was... Uh, that was emotional. It was. And I think a lot of people knew it was coming. They just didn't right. know how. It, yeah. And I think the way they did it was... I think it was well done. It was. Uh, but it was it was a little surprising. Yeah. It was also amazing to see how Tony, as Iron Man, how he evolved yeah. as a person over his time. He started out as such a egotistical arrogant jerk in the beginning and then ultimately i mean he sacrifices himself to save everyone yeah yeah and he does it does it really well and i loved you know the first iron man they worked so hard on making that realistic Mm -hmm. it could happen right you know and that's that's credit to the people who had the vision for the whole MCU thing. They knew if they they had to start it where we were, 
Right. You know, if they jumped right into Doctor Strange, oh. there's no way. No. But uh, starting it somewhere from a place that was realistic, someplace we can wrap our heads around, was very smart on their part. So I think Iron Man, obviously, it defined. Oh, yeah. That entire. A hundred percent. That entire franchise of yeah. everything. I don't know if we how if we've talked about this, but how the whole MCU began was out of because they had to, right? Like you know, uh, Stanley and um, the people who still own Marvel, they had given up the rights, the movie rights, to their most popular movies, like Fantastic Four and X Men and Spider Man. They had given those up, right? So all they had left were these kind of the lesser the lesser known. known. Yeah. Now they were super well known early on when comic books were huge, but as far as the kids of that day knew, nobody knew no. about Iron Man or anything like that. And so they took a risk, huge risk, and it paid off big time. Is now looking back has Iron Man's popularity surpassed Spider-Man? And X Men. Um, I think he has. I think he has. Maybe Spider Man still seems to be hugely popular, and I think bringing in the new Spider Man, Tom Holland, has helped a lot with that. I think up until Tom Holland took back over, yes. But I think for some reason, Spider Man. I've always wondered why Spider Man is so popular. Yeah. Because, you know, he's obviously... I mean, I, I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. He's the best Spider-Man, hands down. Come at me, okay? Whoever, whoever wants to debate this, <laughs> bring it on. Because I 100% believe uh, that to be true. But I've always wondered why Spider-Man has the popularity he does. But, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, Iron Man has definitely done more things with the superhero name than, than most I think, and that's a credit to Robert Downey Jr. Yes. I mean, Stan Lee, yeah, great job writing the character of Iron Man, but Robert Downey Jr. is, just like we talked about Heath Ledger was a Joker, right. Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Exactly. So, yeah, 100% agree. Um, so my next one um, is a little bit of a curveball. Ah, I was going to go in a different direction. I'm going to save that for my, my honorable mention. Um, I'm going to go with the 2002 movie Unbreakable. Oh. Okay. That's, it's interesting that you say that because I almost put it in mine. Did you? I did. Yeah. I did. I love that movie. Um, if you don't know, a lot of you may not know about this movie. Um, this is... This is an M. Night Shyamalan movie starring Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson. It's not a part of any universe. Um, and it's really, I don't, I think it was a comic book originally, like a small unknown comic book. Um, but it spurred off, nobody realized it was a superhero movie. No. And spoiler alert, okay, um, there's a lot of twists. It's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. It's going to have a lot of twists and turns in it. But, um, you didn't go to the movies expecting to see a superhero movie. What you slowly find out during the course of this movie is that he is a superhero that doesn't know he's a superhero. 
And Samuel L. Jackson's character in that movie, he does a great job being the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Um, and so he is it's – a, it's a bad guy you don't know is a bad guy. Right. Until the very end, man. <laughs> and this bad guy is constantly trying to convince Bruce, Hill, Bruce, Bruce, Hillis, Bruce Willis that he's a superhero because it validates him being a bad guy. Right. It's a really – Again, a deep, um, but it is a movie that makes you think. Big time. And the reason I, I put it in here as a defining superhero movie is simply because you didn't realize it was a superhero movie. No. And um, it, of course, has spurred on. And again, I, I don't know if this was part of M. Not Shyamalan's plan to have sequels, but when the movie Split came out a few years ago, Nobody made reference to it at all, but it was a sequel to, or a sequel's a not the right word for that movie. Have you seen it? Yes. It's not really. It's not really a sequel. It's more like a side piece. It's like a sidecar, because it's happening along the same times as Unbreakable is, but you just don't know about it until you see Bruce Willis at the very at end. At the very end, it ties it together, and it does a really great job of showing. So. It, it it defines the superhero category because it's it's the exception, not the rule. And then you finish out it, it's a, it's a trilogy. Yeah, with glass. Glass. And uh, and let, let me just James McAvoy did an amazing oh, job very good. in Split and Glass both. Uh, his characters just. Amazing, yeah. amazing acting here. But yeah, that's a that's a great trilogy. It took a long time for it to come about. It did. I mean, we're 19 years later, yeah, and it's just now wrapping up. But I, I think that's a well deserved movie. Yeah, in a defining in a defining role. Yeah. I agree. Uh, okay, the Avengers. Mm. They had to be in the list. Oh yeah, it was yeah. Tony Stark defines Iron Man, and it kicked off the franchise. I think the next most defining movie in that series has to be The Avengers. And I don't know, that may have been when a lot of people may have started following this franchise. Yeah. When I think you, that's when it really took off. When sure. you team up Iron Man and Captain America, and then you start building all of these other superheroes into it, and we just ended with Endgame. We bring to a close this part of the Avengers story. Yeah. Uh, a, a incredibly defining film, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, we talked about X-Men being the first real team. Um, this was the first super team. And we had all been waiting yes. for this thing to happen. Yes. And... I remember watching it in theaters going, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. I just didn't know it yet. <laughs> and when you get to Endgame and everybody's back together and Captain America's there and you know the moment's coming when he says Avengers Unite. I mean, it's just... you got to get it right. It's Avengers Assemble. Uh, Avengers Assemble. It's just... It's so... 
It, it just, uh, I don't know. It, it just brings everything together from beginning to end. I totally fanboyed out. Yeah. When I have it. It was a, such a great, great moment. And it all began with the Avengers, the, the, the first movie. Mm-hmm. In fact, I just watched it. I'm going back through right now, watching from beginning mm, to end smart. all of the films. Because uh, you had to watch them over a 14-year period of time. Yeah. So now you can watch them in succession, and it's much easier to see how everything fit together. Are, are you watching them in the chronological canonical timeline or you watch them when their release date was the release date okay i'm going with the release date i think i want to go back and watch it in In the time chronological order and how they you know like you would start with what captain america yes and then you'd have to go like captain marvel and just bounce back and forth a little bit i want to do that if i have an extra four days to spend (laughs) i don't have much time uh you want to take a break one last break one last break. Wow. Find me a new Coke somewhere to drink. Yes, a new Coke. <laughs> you have to go to Coke.com. We'll be right back. Okay, so moving on, we have we have covered the world of superheroes. We've talked about um, genre-defining superheroes. We've talked about the X-Men, the Avengers, Iron Man, uh, Spider-Man, um, even superheroes that you wouldn't necessarily know about. Um, so my my last one before I get into my honorable mentions, um, it's a twofer. Okay, Ooh. so it's it's a. It's a two for one because I don't think you can have one without the other. Okay. And, I, and you probably know where I'm going with this. But it is Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Yes. That is really one massive it's movie. One it's one six-hour movie. movie. Yeah. Yes. Um, the reason why I chose them, though, is for two different reasons. So when Infinity War happened – you the only reason in my opinion why I'm including Infinity War in this it was a great movie but it was the ending that defined it yes that defined the genre because a cliffhanger like that where the superheroes are not winning right doesn't happen no and a lot of people were you know a little bit ups they were outraged they were but that needed to happen that's why the movie was so good. Yes. Um, and I remember I watched the movie late. Like I saw it in theaters, but I didn't get to see it right away. And I remember, of course, um, there were some people that spoiled it ahead of time. And so I would see the memes come out before I saw right. it. So I didn't know what happened. All I knew is that something that had to do with that meme, and it was usually some joke about Mr. Whatever, I don't feel so good. Uh-huh. You know, and it was... Uh, it could be about anything. It was a, it was it was just that meme of Spider Man, um, but I, so I didn't know what to expect. I just knew something like that happened in the movie, but I did not expect it to be what it was. It was completely new. Oh yeah, and it was completely amazing. Yes, 
Yeah. So you chose Infinity War for that. Yeah. You choose you chose them as a combination. I did. Because it's one continuous movie. Well, yes and no. So the reason I wanted to include Endgame in this is simply for the fanboy. Because and you you touched on this whenever you you talked about the Avengers, um, the hype around Endgame was insane. I don't think there has ever been a movie hyped that much. Completely agree. It was everywhere. Every no one could wait. No, and I think that that's why I tie those two together. Because without Infinity War's ending, Endgame is not what it. Yeah. Yeah, because the uh, let me just be honest. Endgame itself as the movie, it was good. It was fine, but it wasn't like you know this work. I, I prefer this is controversial, I know, but I think I prefer the movie Infinity War more than Endgame. But because of the hype, because of the ending of Infinity War, Endgame had that punch. Now Endgame was really good, and it did a lot of good things. It yes. tied up a lot of loose ends. It, it asked more questions. Um, it was a great closing chapter to the MCU's first three phases and right. eleven years of work. Um, the best scene, and you you alluded to it, was when all hope is lost. Thanos is about to win, and you see those portals. <laughs> I sound like such a nerd right now. Those <laughs> portals open up. And I remember as a kid opening up some comic books and seeing a scene just like that. Where you open I remember when I was a kid, I, my brother was more into comic books than I was, so he got a lot of the comic book stuff. And I remember how he had a big book one time. And you open up there's a middle page, the centerfold of that book, it was almost just like that scene Same. out of an endgame. Where all the superheroes are there together, um, just all of them, and it was just—it took me right back to when I was a kid, and you just wanted to jump out of your seat and scream just seeing all of them come out oh, right. ready to go. It was iconic, and for a moment, it felt like okay, the Avengers are going to beat Thanos, right, and then. <laughs> Captain America nearly I mean he gets his butt kicked there for a minute. Right. And then like you said those portals open up. Yeah. And I mean I had goosebumps on top of goosebumps yeah. at that moment. Yeah. It was just Well even in that moment it wasn't sure victory. No. Even after that they were still struggling. Right. And it was it just the hype it lived up to it. All that work they put into it was just totally worth it and came together so well and crushed every record. It was so popular that they just re-released it yeah. with post-scene credits, uh, with, with a with post-credit scene and a few... Uh, is that... How many movies can do that? Yeah, there's not many. Come back and re-release their film. Within in the, like two months of it being released. And get people to come back to watch for two or three minutes that weren't in there the first time. And seeing people come back the third and fourth time just I have to watch friends that. that have gone four plus times it's inc- it's to incredible. the theater watch. It's incredible. So that's my that's my five. 
I'm going to end with the movie that precedes the one you began with. Batman Begins. Okay. Yes, the the Dark Knight is the gold standard, but Batman Begins, Christopher Nolan enters into that franchise and I think saves Batman. I 100% agree. And they they began to define what Batman was going to be for us and kind of helped to erase everything from the previous 10 years, 15 years yeah. of Batman movies that left Batman just kind of a, a laughingstock character. Exactly. So I think Batman Begins deserves that spot. You also you look at it in the same way we looked at Iron Man. Yes. Christopher Nolan made the Batman character very relatable and very realistic. Even yes. the villains. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you had um, uh, Scar- uh, Scarecrow. Scarecrow. And Ra's al Ghul, which Liam Neeson was great in that movie. Uh, yeah. Excellent choice. Uh, what about honorable mentions? You got any honorable mentions? I do. I want to hear yours first. Okay. I've only got a few. Um, Wonder Woman uh, is one of my honorable mentions. Okay. Just because you know it was the, the first real modern day movie that we've had that did highlight a female character as the main focus. It was directed by a woman also. Uh, what's her? Patty Klein? Or, I'm going to get that name wrong. Uh, Gal Gadot. Gadot. I don't know how you say her last name. Gal, if you're listening, please email me and let me know the right way. <laughs> you know what? Just email me, period. Um, sure. I don't care how you email me. Just email me. Um, but she she is an incredible actress to be Wonder Woman. That was going to be my honorable mention as well. Yeah. I almost put it in I, as my as my last. I debated on that. But it, a fantastic movie. Yeah. It's, it's my wife Lauren's favorite movie. She loves that movie. Um, another honorable mention was Guardians of the Galaxy for me. I had that one as well. Um, it brought a level of humor you hadn't seen exactly. yet. Um, all the other Marvel movies, ha- movies had some humor into them, but Guardians was just... And it was a huge risk because unless you were a real nerd into comic books, you had no idea who the Guardians of the Galaxy no. were. And so I think that gave them a lot of freedom to do some stuff. And uh, Chris Pratt, uh, Bradley Cooper, I mean, uh, just had a field day with it um james gunn the director did a great job uh, it was just a really well put together movie and they've set guardians up to be a very successful yes franchise oh, of yeah. its own think about this we live in a world where guardians of the galaxy is so much more popular than fantastic four yes back in the 90s you would have never thought that no but here we are um i didn't like the second one as much the plot line of guardians it was more I agree. funny. It was funnier. It was funnier. Baby Groot dancing in the beginning of that oh, movie. Oh, yeah. You can't beat that. But the plot line had a little left. To be, and now that they're adding Thor to it, come With, on. Exactly. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Fat Thor at the end of Endgame. Yes. With, with Chris Pratt and the Guardians. <laughs> I want an entire movie oh, of I just that. I, I mean, want Fat Thor. It, it, that should be the title of the movie, Fat Thor. Yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then my last honorable mention is Black Panther, for obvious reasons. And that was my third. 
So we've we've just told our, you. our honorable mentions were all the same. We're all the same. That's amazing. Um, yeah, for obvious reasons. I mean, it 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 was t- for me, and this is a contra- This is a hot take, okay? But uh, a hot tamale hot take, not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> uh, the movie itself was fine. It was good. Um, I, I didn't. I know a lot of people thought it was just this incredible movie. It was a really good movie. Um, it was, you know, in the upper third of all the Marvel movies. But I think the social implications behind it sure. had a lot more to, to do with it being a genre-defining movie. Sure, absolutely. All right. You got anything else? I don't. All right. We, we could talk about superheroes for I, hours. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just ready to watch superhero movies now. Yeah, we're going to save you that trouble. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening right now, Apple Music, Spotify. Um, we want your feedback. Send us your feedback on our Instagram account uh, at 10 things. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Adios. Adios.